EO Fire Bonus October 2015 Income Reports. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you subscribed to our Fire Nation newsletter? Why the heck not? Text EO Fire to 33444. That's EO Fire, all one word, no spaces, to 33444, and you'll receive value bombs galore. Ignite. What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here for a special, for a bonus, for a great chat about October's income report. And my friends, I will say, brace yourselves, October was a doozy for a number of reasons, very specific ones too, which we're going to be diving into today. But let me just get to the meat and the potatoes real quick. The gross income for October was $542,658. Our expenses were $89,072 for a total net profit of $453,586 for a total difference between October and September. September, a positive $258,496. And Fire Nation, there is a very specific reason as to why we've had such huge numbers here in October. And I'm going to be talking about this. Kate's going to be talking about this. But first off, guys, what's going on? Say hi to Fire Nation. What's up, Fire Nation? What's up, Fire Nation? Yo, well, we're going to be doing some pretty cool things today. We have Josh, Mr. CPA on fire himself, who you just heard. He's on standby because we're going to be talking about IRS audits. Don't get scared. The IRS isn't listening, or if they are, they're not going to come find you. This is just my podcast. We're going to be talking about- (laughs) They're going to come find you, John. (laughs) (laughs) They'll come find me. Don't worry about it. And uh, we're going to be talking about specific audits. And this is actually going to be the part one of a three-part series that Josh has put together for us. Very interesting. And it is going to be such peace of mind for you, Fire Nation. Believe me, you don't want to miss it. We're also going to be talking about Thrive Las Vegas, an amazing conference that I was honored to speak at with Gary Vaynerchuk, with Robert Hershevek, with Lewis Howes, Keith Ferrazzi, so many amazing speakers I got to share the stage with. We're going to be talking about the Doors to Podcasters Paradise, closing to new members And then we're also going to be talking about updates to the Freedom Journal, which is super uber duper exciting for so many reasons. So stick around. But Josh, I want to bring you in here now because you've been giving us a lot of great stuff over the last few months. And now we're going to be getting into a three-part series when it comes to audits. So take a second, break it down for us. What are you going to be talking to us today about? And then just dive into it. Yeah, I mean, in the spirit of the Halloween season, it's only appropriate to talk about the spookiest tax topic audits, right? Really, you want to send a chill up any taxpayer's spine? Just mention the word audit, and it's it's scary, right? Anytime someone sees an envelope from the IRS, their their first thought is, I might be getting audited, right? So what I want to do with this series mainly is to take away those fears. You, this isn't something you have to be fearful of. Okay, so we're going to break this down into three parts. The first part today, we're going to look at the numbers and how likely you actually are to be audited, as well as what the different types of audits are, because most people don't know there are different types of audits that vary in scope. Okay. And from there, next month, we're going to talk about maybe how you, how you can decrease those chances even more, how you can avoid audits. And finally, if you are one of those unlucky few in part three, we're going to talk about what to do if you do get audited. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's look at these numbers. Okay. 
First of all, 1% of all taxpayers are currently audited. Actually, it's a little less than 1%. Okay, so we're talking an incredibly tiny number of people who are actually audited. And I know Fire Nation is saying to themselves, yeah, but I've heard business owners are at much greater risk of audit. Okay, if your business has assets of over $10 million, then you're absolutely right. Your audit rate does go up to 15% at that point. Right, but my guess is most of Fire Nation isn't quite at that ten million dollars in assets yet. Okay, and if that's you and you're just a sole proprietor or a partnership or an S corporation, your risk of audit actually goes down to 042 percent. Right, so just to put those numbers in perspective, if you gather nine hundred and ninety nine of your closest entrepreneur friends in yourself, less than ten of you are going to be audited, and less than five of your businesses are going to be audited. Right, so is that something you really want to spend your time worrying about? Is it a reason to not take deductions you're entitled to because you have a 1% chance of the IRS looking at it? I don't think it is. What about you, John? Not a chance. All right. So now that we got the numbers out of the way, let's look at what the different types of audits are. Because like I said, there are three different types and they, they vary dramatically in how intense they are and kind of how scary they are. All right, so the first type of audit, and this is what 76% of people fall under when they're audited by the IRS, is called a correspondence audit. And all this means is that the IRS is going to send you a letter saying, hey, John, you reported that you made $40,000 from this job. We have records to showing that you made $42,000. Is this correct? If so, you owe us $500. If not, tell us why. That's as scary as it gets, Okay. All you're doing is saying, yes, that's correct. Here's my money. Or no, that's not correct. Here's my proof. You're corresponding by mail. You almost never have to talk to them in person or even on the phone. It's incredibly easy. It's not time consuming. It's not what you see on TV where these people are getting super scared. All right. It's a correspondence audit. You're communicating directly through the mail with them. The second type of audit, and this is where it gets a little bit more scary, is called an in-office audit. Okay. And this is where typically it's a small business owner. And the IRS is going to say, going to send you a letter saying, hey, we have a few questions about your tax return. We'd like for you and preferably you and your tax preparer to come in together and talk to us about this. Okay. And they're going to tell you ahead of time what exactly they're looking at. They're going to say maybe, hey, you claim $10,000 of meals and entertainment on your tax return. That seems a little high. Could you just come with some proof of why you're claiming that? Right. And this sounds scary going into an IRS audit. It's, it's, again, it's not that scary. You know ahead of time exactly what they're going to be looking at. You're going to know ahead of time exactly what you need to give them to prove it. And, you know, worst case scenario, let's say you lost the documentation for it. You know, shame on you. Keep that documentation. But all that's going to happen is you're going to owe them the taxes for that stuff. Okay. So, again, this is not something to sit in fear over. Now, the third type of audit, it might, might send those chills down your spine a little bit. <laughs> This one's called a field audit, okay? And this is the kind that you see on TV. This is where the IRS and a team of agents come out to your house or probably your business, and they're tearing through your records. They're not even telling you exactly what they're looking for. They're just looking through any and every income and expense record you have to try and catch you in something, right? This is an incredibly small number of people that get audited this way. It's almost always people who are blatantly cheating on their taxes or hiring fraudulent tax preparers who are cheating on their taxes for them. 
It's people who probably owe hundreds of thousands or millions in taxes. Okay, so don't sit up at night worrying about getting a field audit. You know you're at risk for it. If, if you're cheating on your taxes blatantly, then yeah, you should probably be in fear of it. But you know what? If you're blatantly cheating on your taxes, then you probably deserve to have that happen, right? <laughs> totally. Those are the three types of audits. If you are ever audited, it's almost certainly going to be a correspondence audit. All you're going to have to do is mail them a couple pieces of information. Worst case scenario, you do get called into their office and you show them the proof there. But Fire Nation, this this is not something to worry about. This is certainly not something to not take deductions you're entitled to because of. I hear this all the time. Should, should I take a home office? I heard it. it is more likely to trigger an audit. You know what? We don't worry about what is and isn't more likely to trigger an audit. We worry about th- doing things the right way. And we invite the IRS to ask questions about it because we know we can prove it. All right. So I want you to take the deductions you're entitled to. I don't want you to worry about an audit. It's probably not going to happen. And if it does, you're going to come out just fine. Fire Nation, a couple key things I want to go back over. Less than 1% of individual tax returns are audited. And if you're a business under 10 million, 0.42%. So don't stand up at night. Don't stay up at night being scared about this. There's no reason for it. Now, correspondence audit, that's 76%. That's just that letter that Josh said. The in-office audit is a little more legit. And of course, that field audit, that's if you are blatantly doing something wrong. So number one, don't do you know, don't blatantly do the wrong thing. Obviously, that's just never going to help you in any way, shape, or form. Number two, have the right team. You know, have an accountant who knows what he's doing and is doing it, or she is doing, and they're doing it in the right manner. Now, not going to lie, Josh for me is that. He is that for EO Fire. And in fact, that's why when Josh was looking for that right brand, we came up with CPA on Fire. But he is figuratively a CPA on Fire guy. So if you want to get some killer, killer training, he has a free video training course for finance lessons entrepreneurs can't afford to miss cannot afford to miss Fire Nation, visit cpaonfire.com. Of course, Josh loves emails from Fire Nation, josh at cpaonfire.com. Josh, take it home for us. Yeah, I think we have a little bit of a bonus kind of in line with this uh, audit stuff, right? At the end of this podcast. That's right. Do tell. A lot of you have probably gotten this call. It's, it's becoming a rampant scam is people calling, pretending to be the IRS, saying that you owe thousands of dollars in taxes and you have to pay immediately or you're going to go to jail or lose your driver's license or all kinds of crazy threats. So, John, actually, you got one of these calls last tax season, right? Yeah, it was last tax season, probably like eight, 10 months ago. And it was really interesting for me because they kept saying Portland, Massachusetts. And I'm like, Portland, Massachusetts, there's no such thing. Like I looked and like it just didn't exist. I'm like, do you mean Portland, Maine? And then they just hung up on me. And at that point I called you and said, Josh, like, what was that all about? And you're like, oh, you should have called me first. Like, this is what's right. going on. So that was kind of my story. But Josh, I think you have a pretty cool one too. Right. Yeah. And it, but it was super scary, right? Because you didn't know whether it really I was wasn't the sure. IRS. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. So what we, we've been trying forever to get one of these people on the phone, record the call, kind of play along for a little bit to see what exactly would happen. And we finally had the chance to do that the other day. <laughs> a, a client got the call. I called him back. I had him on the phone for a good 15 minutes pretending that I was going to follow along with what they said. And I thought it was super interesting. Uh, it kind of gets kind of funny at the end, but I think it's worth listening to. Yeah. I really wish that mine had been recorded as well because mine was really interesting. And 
it was actually kind of good. Like the English was very solid. Like it sounded like English was their first language. And they really kind of had the talk of the talk. For this 16-minute call that Josh was on Fire Nation, like it, it's kind of, it's hysterical from beginning to end. I mean, I literally paused a few times to like roll on the floor and laugh. I mean, it was <laughs> hysterical. Josh, you just got more and more funny as it went on because you could just tell that you were just like, okay, I can tell this is going to end soon. I'm just going to start getting more ridiculous and just see how far I can go. <laughs> and it got so funny. I mean, this is like 90% humor, like 10% like kind of serious because Fire Nation, it is just so funny what Josh does to this, to first this woman and then to this guy, you know, the quote unquote supervisor. But what's really <laughs> critical is that you take a minute and you listen to this because you're going to hear what goes on. You're going to hear the back and forth. You're going to hear the words that they use to try to scare Josh. You're going to hear the words that they use to try to corner him. I mean, my, my favorite part was when the guy was like, okay, you're going to leave your house. You can't talk to anybody. You're not allowed to talk to <laughs> anybody else until the money gram is sent. And I'm just like, wow, like these guys have no shame. And it's, I mean, they're just absolute crim criminals from beginning to end. And Fire Nation, it's on us. You know, it's on me, it's on Josh, and now it's on you to listen to this stuff, to know about it, so that when it happens to your friends, when it happens to your family, you can say, uh-uh-uh, this is nothing to worry about. This is an absolute scam. Do not fall for it. In fact, report it to the proper authorities. And Josh, there's one thing that I kind of want you to actually share, because I don't know as well as you do the actual laws. But you know, one thing you mentioned is that you know the IRS won't call you. It's all done via correspondence in the mail. So can you kind of just kind of hammer that point home? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. If you get a call from someone from the IRS demanding that you make immediate payment, that is not the IRS. Okay, they're always going to communicate with you by mail. I, I I haven't heard of it happening, but I can imagine. I guess if they have no way to get in touch with you by mail, maybe they'll call you. But it's never going to be a threatening. You pay right now, or you're going to jail, or whatever crazy things they're threatening. They're not going to call you threatening. They're probably not going to call at all. Okay, so Fire Nation. After today's outro, on this very episode that you're listening to right now, the outro is going to fade out, and then I am going to start up the 16-minute phone call. So I'm not going to you know, put it in right now, because some people might not want to listen to it, but for those that do, it's after the outro of today's episode. This income report right here, if you're hearing my voice, it's on this episode right here. So stick around after the outro, check it out. Josh, any last words? One more thing. If you guys get a similar call like this, I'd love for you to send it to me. I'll do the same thing and record it. Let's, let's keep them going. Let's, let's keep, keep embarrassing these fools. Let's do it. I love it. All right, Josh. Thanks, brother. And again, Fire Nation, that's cpaonfire.com. Shoot him a quick email, josh at cpaonfire. He loves hearing from Fire Nation. He loves working with Fire Nation. He has my 1,000% stamp of approval. He's amazing. Josh, catch you on the flip side. See you next month. Kate, what's going on, girl? So, John, actually, before we dive into everything awesome that went on in October, um, I wanted to point out this was obviously super appropriate. You guys were talking about the IRS and that call that Josh got. But really, this extends to so many different things. Like, do you remember it was either earlier this year or late last year? I got an email from, um, gosh, who was it? I think it was like American Express, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a credit card company or appeared to be. And they told me to go in and update my password. No, it was Verizon. Verizon. That's it. Okay. So I get this email in my inbox. I had the Verizon logo on it. It was from, you know, support at verizonwireless.com or whatever. And it had a link and it said, we need you to update your password. 
And the reason I bring this up is because in a lot of situations, even though the call that you're going to hear that Josh was on um, sounds quite comical because we know what's going on. It doesn't seem that way when you're in that situation, because when I got that email in retrospect, of course, looking back on it, I should have known that that wasn't right. Verizon would never send you an email and say, click here to, you know, update your password. And then furthermore, when I clicked to update my password, it started asking me for my social security number, my date of birth, all this personal information. And I was just following instructions like I just didn't really think about it. And it caused, you know, so much. I had to call and cancel credit cards. I had to call my bank. I had to call the I called the IRS. Um, so, I mean, it's it's something that as we're looking from the outside in, it's easy to identify, but just kind of be conscious of that sort of stuff, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email in your inbox. Um, a good thing to do that I learned after clicking on that link in that email, if you ever get any type of email like that, or a phone call that seems kind of sketchy, just say like, can I hang up and call you right back and then use the customer support number to call back. Or if you get a, a link in an email like that Verizon one, I should have instead of clicking that link, I should have just gone to verizonwireless.com. So always go back to the original source that you know and trust when something like that shows up just to be safe. Wise words, Kate. Thanks for sharing with us. And Fire Nation, we're going to now move on to Brighter Pastures, specifically the doors to Podcasters Paradise slamming shut. Kate, what say you? Well, that's not really Brighter Pastures. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it is though, because like some of you might be thinking, wait a second, this is deja vu. Haven't you guys closed the doors to paradise before? You're so smart, Fire Nation. We have closed the doors before. In May 2015, we closed the doors. And the reason I say this is brighter pastures is because we don't just close the doors just to do it. We close the doors so that we can make massive improvements for the community, so that we can add additional support, additional features, better benefits that people are getting out of this membership. And so every time we close the doors, it gives us the opportunity to make the membership better for you. So in May, we had our kind of first round of this. When we closed the doors, we reorganized the site. So the content shifted. We also created and updated a lot of new content. And this time, when we closed the doors in October, which just ended yesterday as we're recording this, John, uh, we took a lot of lessons learned from the first time and applied them to how we ran our closing campaign this time. So That was really nice to have been able to look back at a different experience of us doing the same thing, being able to take lessons learned and implement those. A quick example of that was last time we closed the doors, it was a four day campaign. This time we decided to only do a three day campaign because, you know, last time it was a lot of emails. We got feedback from a lot of people like, hey, if I'm going to join, I'm going to make this decision quicker than that. So We kind of took those bits and implemented them this time. This time we close the doors. Yes, we're adding improvements. We are going to be adding live support on the membership site. So we're checking out a tool called PeerChat, P-U-R-E-C-H-A-T. And it's like those little live chat boxes that you see on sites that pop up. So we're going to be having live support on the membership site, something that 
people haven't necessarily directly asked for, but it's kind of something that we've taken cues for. Like people have expressed that sometimes it might be kind of difficult to remember where a certain video was, or they might forget where they're supposed to go to find email templates. So having these requests and these struggles shared with us, we thought what better way to help that help uh, solve that pain point for our members, then to have a support option, a live support option, so that when you're on the membership and you kind of forget where that video might have been, there's someone there to help you. So we're going to be implementing that as the doors are closed. We're also creating a job board for our members, which is really, really exciting. Again, not something that our members directly asked us for, but we see in the Facebook group a lot people posting and saying, hey, what's your guys' best recommendation for a artwork designer? Or do you guys have a reference or a recommendation for somebody that can help me um, with, specifically with growing my email list? There are so many members in our community that have these expertises, that have these services to offer. So why not keep it in the family? Why not create a job board so that when people are looking for these resources, they can pick from right within paradise. So that's just a couple of cool things we have going on um, as the doors are closed. John, why don't you talk about what's going to happen when they reopen? Well, when the doors reopen, we are going to have the live chat in place. We're going to have the Paradise Job Board in place, guys. We're all about keeping it in the family. And hey, it's going to be a little bit of a different pricing structure as well. That was one of the major things that we were talking about in the three days leading up to close is that we are doing away with lifetime membership for new members that join from this point forward. And it's going to be a monthly or annual recurring investment to join Paradise. So we're going to be changing up the price structure a little bit and you'll be seeing more about that as we talk more about this this coming December when the doors do reopen. Now, one thing I do want to talk about specifically because I am a numbers guy is the numbers because we had a great May closing. The four days that we closed in May, we brought in 125 new members into Paradise. It was absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, at that time, Paradise was, I believe, $1,100. So you can do the math right there, Fire Nation. Now, in October of 2015, we welcomed 164 members into Podcasters Paradise, so almost 40 more members than we did in the four days of May. And that total revenue generated from the three-day closing of Paradise in October was $239,228 invoice total. Now that's actually $98,000 in the door, but the invoice total is $239,228, which means that with the single pay combined with the monthly pay, the promise of that $1,400, $1,500 from those 15 payments of $99 per month, guys, that's over a quarter million dollars in just three days. So Absolutely blown away by the response of Fire Nation and, and the jumping in to grab lifetime access and all of these things. And we're not going to get too specific here, guys. In fact, if you want to see the real specifics, you can go to eofire.com slash income 26. But just to run through the numbers real quick, on Monday, day one, we emailed our entire list. That was our entire Fire Nation list, plus any kind of prospect list that we have. In that day, we generated... $82,000 in revenue, 32 pay plans, 25 single pay, and one Podcasters Paradise Elite. On day two, we just emailed our podcast list one time, and we generated 
30 total sales. It was 20 pay plans, eight singles, and two elites for $46,000 in revenue. And then on day three, the final day, we just, again, emailed our podcast list. We only emailed our total list that first day. So day three, our podcast list, we emailed in the morning, and then once two hours prior to closing, and we brought in 50 pay plans, 21 singles, and one elite for 110832 And again, you can get all these numbers and even more specifics if you go to eofire.com slash income 26. Highly recommend checking that out. And we have some takeaways. And Kate, I kind of want to bring you back on. Talk real briefly just about one takeaway that you got from this three-day close. Yeah. I mean, I think what's so huge for me is listening to that breakdown, those numbers, and exactly what actual marketing we did to make that happen. So you talked about emailing our entire list day one, then day two and day three, all we did is email our podcast list. And Fire Nation, this is a direct result of what our audience's number one barrier to taking action was. We identified that those who were not joining Paradise literally replied to emails and told us, this is just too big of an investment for for me right now. That's when John created free podcast course. It's a 15-day email and video course all about how to create, launch, grow, monetize your podcast. It's absolutely free. So people came to us, they said, you know what, I would love to join Paradise. I can't right now because it's too big of an investment. We answered that call. We answered that struggle by giving them something that could not be a barrier because it's free. And the list that we were emailing, our podcast list that we emailed for this campaign is our free podcast course list. Those are the people who we emailed. So when John's talking about us, uh, bringing, you know, 80 new people into the community one day, 30 people into the community another day. That's a result of free podcast course. Freepodcastcourse.com, Fire Nation. Kate, thanks for that. Great takeaway. And Fire Nation, we're going to move forward into the next topic, which is Thrive Las Vegas. This is a conference that really is near and dear to my heart because a couple years ago, a guy came to me and said, John, I want to be mentored by you. And at the time, I was completely booked out for the next six months with men- with mentees. And I said, listen, I just can't do that right now. He, he was very persistent in a very professional way. And he said, John, like this is why like I really want to start now. And I took him on. You know, I took him on as an extra mentee and it developed not just into a great mentee-mentor relationship, but it developed into a great friendship. And this guy that I'm talking about is Cole Hatter, and he's just a go-getter. I could tell from day one, he's been a go-getter. He's been very successful in a lot of different ventures. And about six months ago, he came to me with this pretty crazy idea that said, and he said, John, I'm going to launch a conference It's going to be my first conference I've ever done. It's going to be called Thrive. I'm going to do it at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I'm going to get people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Robert Hershevec to come. Will you speak at this conference? And I'm like, dude, you are shooting for the stars. But guess what? Like That's the way you need to rock because fortune favors the bold fire nation. So this guy went forward full speed ahead, partnered with a great charity called A Human Project, where all the profits of Thrive went to A Human Project. So he was doing it with just a complete focus on service and on throwing a great conference that was going to benefit a lot of people. And in mid-October, over 400 entrepreneurs met in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas for Thrive 
make money matter. That was the tagline. Now, it was an incredible conference from beginning to end. I'm, again, it was Gary Vaynerchuk, who I have a good old picture with right in the income report. So check it out at eofire.com slash income 26. We're both flashing the peace sign. So Gary Vaynerchuk was there. We had Robert Hershevek, Keith Ferrazzi, Lewis Howes, Adam Braun of Pencils of Promise. Just so many amazing speakers spoke at this conference. It was a blast to share the stage with them. And it was all about moving from success to significance. Everybody on stage was successful, but they weren't happy just being successful. They weren't satisfied just being financially successful and successful in business. They now want to be significant in life. And they talked about that transition, which is actually a perfect segue to the Freedom Journal update. Because when I got on stage and when I presented in front of the 416 or so entrepreneurs that were in the audience, this was my success to significant moment. Because Fire Nation, when I had the idea for the Freedom Journal, you know, it was such like kind of a shock of lightning that said, man, Every single one of my guests have one commonality. They know how to set and accomplish goals, period. Emails that I get every single day from Fire Nation who are struggling, they have one commonality. They don't know how to set and accomplish a goal. Why don't I create a beautiful leather-bound journal, faux leather, Fire Nation, for all you animal lovers, me included, gold embossed, gold leaf, beautiful tassel for a bookmark. Like This is just a perfect work of art. I mean, we, we spent so much time on this. My illustrator did great illustrations. Like this is a physical journal that you will be proud to hold. And we spent 2015 doing this because I know that with this in your hand, you will learn how to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days. The journal starts off by teaching you how to create a smart goal, that specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound Fire Nation critical that you do that in the right order. And then it guides you through a 100 days of accomplishing that goal in great detail. It's your accountability partner along the way. Now, getting to the significant part, Fire Nation, proceeds from our crowdfunding campaign, which is starting January 4th, 2016. So definitely look forward to seeing you on this interest list so you can we can keep you updated. Proceeds from the Freedom Journal are going to go and build schools in developing countries through the incredible organization Pencils of Promise. Adam Braun launched his company many years ago. They've built over 300 schools in developing countries because they have a great plan. $25,000 will build a school from scratch to completion. It's a great organization. It's an incredible charity. And I am just so excited that you, Fire Nation, and me are going to come together and we're going to be part of building schools in third world countries. And guess what? you're going to get an incredible journal in your hands as a result as well. So it's just a win-win all around. I'm so excited. So if you are interested in learning more about what we have going on at the Freedom Journal, visit thefreedomjournal.com. You can sign up right there for updates. I have videos that go out of the actual book being made in China. I have pictures. I have... it's just incredible what we have. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. I'm bringing you, I'm making you involved with this because it's, it's us, it's Fire Nation. You can also just text the word journal to 33444. 
That's one word, journal to 33444. I would love to have you guys check out what's going on here. Of course, our January 4th launch is going to be a blast in many different ways. And Kate, I kind of want to bring you on for a second and talk about why we decided to go the crowdfunding route for this, because we have a couple of good points on the website, firenation at eofire.com slash income 26. But I want Kate to talk about one or two of those for a second. Yeah, so we got this question a lot as we started talking about the Freedom Journal, our, our campaign launching in January. You know, usually people do a crowdfunding campaign because they are not able to put front the money to create whatever it is that they want to create. So they ask others in the community to help them fund so that they can actually create what it is. John, you and I don't have that roadblock to creating the Freedom Journal. You were able to send, you know, a, a lot of money. $65,000. <laughs> yes. Um, to create this book before anyone's ever bought it, which, you know, that's a whole other story. But a crowdfunding campaign, really, it's a great marketing channel. I mean, what better way to get people fired up about an incredible project than to ask for their help in sharing it? You know, John, you always say, uh, we hear this a lot, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. We can't do this alone. We need to ask our community for help and you shouldn't be scared to do that. Crowdfunding campaign is a great way to do that, build some buzz. It's also an opportunity for us to offer different levels of packages. For somebody who's like, I am so passionate about the Freedom Journal that I can't wait to get that book in my hand, but I also want something, I also want to contribute to something bigger. Maybe I want to um, add something to my package and a crowdfunding campaign allows us to create different levels so that people who are interested in doing more than just buying a book can. And last but definitely not least, John, to your point, it's helping us give back. This crowdfunding campaign is not so that John and I can put money in the bank. This crowdfunding campaign is so that we can help build schools in developing countries so that we can give back and contribute to Pencils of Promise. So that's something that you and I are both really passionate about, John, and the crowdfunding campaign is making that possible for us. The freedomjournal.com Fire Nation, or just text the word journal to 33444. So, Fire Nation, let's get into October 2015's income breakdown. So, Podcasters Paradise, a massive month, as we were talking about. Our invoice total for the month is $288,026. We did over $6,000 for Webinar on Fire. We had a massive sponsorship income month at $126,000. And it was just good for a lot of reasons, Fire Nation. But I just got to say that it's you who actually listen to the sponsors and actually take action that give the sponsors the ROI that allow us to continue to have sponsors going forward. So I just want to take a second and thank you, Fire Nation, for just your contribution for what you do. Our affiliate income was through the roof, $113,809 by far without even a close second, our biggest month with affiliate income. There's a huge reason for that. We were just cut a check from ClickFunnels for $70,000 for that episode and webinar that I did with Russell Brunson for ClickFunnels. Fire Nation, you ate it up. You loved it. He gave you a killer deal to jump into ClickFunnels for a year. And I think to to this day, actually, over 145 of you have, which is what's generated that $70,000 in affiliate income for October. So 
that was massive. We also did $6,000 for Create Awesome Online Courses, what we did with David Seitman Garland a couple months ago. Bluehost, as always, was solid at $2,500. Rick Mulready's FB Advantage course that we share with you with that through that episode and webinar. Uh, we generated 11267 in the month of October. That's FB Advantage with Rick Mulready, killer. Uh, Ramis Satie's Zero to Launch, we did over $10,000. Uh, coaching referrals over $1,300, just a lot of things added up to this $113,000 Fire Nation. So really, really excited about the direction that that's going in our business as that continues to increase as a revenue stream. And again, all the details for the income, eofire.com slash income 26. We had over $86,000 in expenses. So it does take money to make money, believe me. So we have our share of expenses and we list those out as well. But again, Fire Nation, our total net profit for October 2015, $453,586. Not too shabby. We are just simply thrilled with the way our business is going, the growth, and we're really excited for a few things coming up in the future. Most specifically and closest is the Freedom Journal's launch on January 4th, where we are, again, moving into significance, building those schools, contributing to this world in a significant way. So, Kate, take us home with our lesson learned in October. One more note on the Freedom Journal. Talk about going into significance, John, and something that I think is so cool about the Freedom Journal project, the crowdfunding campaign, everything that we're creating with this is that Fire Nation gets to be a part of this with us. Like, I truly see the Freedom Journal started out as your passion project and has now become a Fire Nation project. Like, I love that the community gets to be involved with this through the crowdfunding campaign, through the interest list that we've created. I mean, the other day, we actually sent out a 30-page preview of the Freedom Journal, the first 30 days, so that you can actually see what this looks like, so that you can let us know what you think about it. And I think it's really cool that the community, that you, Fire Nation, get to be a part of this with us, because that's what that's where it's at. Like we do all of this. We love doing this for you. And for you to be a part of this is really special to us. Totally. Okay, so my lesson learned in October is less is more. And I don't mean less is more as in purge your entire life and get rid of a bunch of stuff. I mean, less is more. This is a lesson in time management. I know I'm not the only one that sometimes finishes a day and then look back and think, what do I have to show for this? Like, I know I did a lot of work today. I know I wasn't just sitting around and, you know, staring at the ceiling. But what do I have to show for it? That can be a really frustrating feeling. And it's at times when we're building our business, when we're putting systems and processes in place, when we are, you know, growing our team. It's at these critical times in our business that are the toughest times that we often end up feeling this way because a lot of the things that we're doing, we don't have something physical to show for them. We don't have something that we can hold up and say, look what I created today because A lot of this is groundwork. It's laying and creating systems that are going to help your business scale and grow. So while there is that frustration, of course, sometimes it's important to remind ourselves and focus on the major progress that we are making. And so for me, back to the time management aspect of this, I realized this month that when I gave myself less time to accomplish a task, I actually ended up getting more stuff done. 
And when I sat back and thought, okay, how can I take something away from this? How can I learn a lesson from this? When I focus fully on one project for just one hour, even instead of focusing on three projects for five hours, I get more done. What can I take away from that? What I can take away from that and what I would am excited to share with you and my lesson learned for this month is to don't sell yourself short. Tasks will expand to the time you allot them. So don't allot them so much time. If you are, you know, working on putting a system or a process in place, give yourself an hour to do it. Maybe you'll surprise yourself. I know I did. And I proved to myself this month that less is in fact more. And there's actually something that I love talking about when it comes to this Fire Nation. It's Parkinson's Law. Tasks will always expand to the time that you allot them. So really start putting some time-bound barriers to what you're doing. And Fire Nation, as always, we are with you. And as a quick reminder, if you can remember Josh in that incredibly hysterical conversation that he had with the fake IRS, I'm going to be playing that for you after the outro fades out. That's going to pick right up. You're going to get a huge kick out of this. And plus, I think you're going to learn a couple things and you might save not only potentially yourself, but you know, friends, family, whoever might encounter this in the future. Because although it's unlikely for it to happen to you, it's likely this going to happen at some point for somebody that you do know. So on behalf of Kate and I, we want to say to you, Fire Nation, take care and keep the fire alive. Bye, Fire Nation. Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you ready to share your voice with the world? Text podcast course to 33444. That's podcast course, all one word, no spaces to 33444. And you'll be rocking our free 15 day podcast course in no time flat. Today is your day, Fire Nation. Ignite. Yeah, I got a call from, or my wife got a call from you guys saying that, uh, that we had an issue with our taxes or something. Okay, so, so can you forward me your telephone number so that I can follow your information? You want my telephone number or my wife's? Your wife's telephone number? 0207. 0207. Yep. Okay, uh, are you Mr. Jason? Yes. Okay, Jason. We are having an arrest warrant issue against your name about your tax file. So, sir, um, so today we have to download your case file into the courthouse, sir. So, if that all, sir, you are giving a last chance to resolve this matter or also courthouse resolution. Do you want to resolve this matter and say the correct amount that you owe to the IRS, sir? Uh, can you tell me what tax year this is from? All right, I'll explain you now. Uh, now, we have done the audit of your tax passer last year, 2014, and we found that there was some miscalculation error on between the years of 2008 to 2012. So, according to the section 101, the tax file does not match the tax record we have. That's the reason, sir, there is some amount is still unpaid under your name that you owe to the IRS and the total of amount, sir, is $2,999 still unpaid. So for this unpaid balance, we have tried to notify you 
three times on your mailing address, but you didn't get any response from your site. So the IRS thought that this is the willful and done to defraud the IRS. So now, sir, because why why we have to make you a phone call right now? Because uh, before we make a phone call, we have done to notify you three times on your mailing address, but we didn't get any response from your site, Mr. Jason. So the IRS thought that you are trying to run from the situation. So they are following laws. What mailing address do you have? The mailing address is 111 University MU, Medici's, New Jersey, 8840. Is that correct, sir? That is not correct. How can you say that this is not correct? Because I don't live in New Jersey. So where are you living? I'm in California. California? So okay, just be how, how much did you say we owe? You owe $2,999 to the U.S. government and the IRS. So just start because uh, this is your last call. So the IRS is giving you a last last chance. So if at all you are giving a last chance, do you want to resolve this matter and pay the correct amount that you owe to the IRS? Oh, of course I want to resolve it. I, mean, I don't want to mess with the IRS. Okay, so do you have this amount that you owe to the IRS? Oh, yeah, I have the amount, but I just need to know specifically what the error was. All right, just be on hold. I'll first for this call to my senior investigation officer. He will have a word with you, okay? Oh, thank you so much. Okay, be on hold. Thank you for being on hold. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, this is Jason. Um, yes, Jason, you call us and transfer to the senior officer from the IS department. My name is Roger Wilson, and my bank number is 6204, okay? Okay. And this call is about your case file, sir. Right now, as you just received the call, because right now there is a lawsuit filed on your name by the IS department against this ex-fraud. Because right now you owe $2,999 to the IRS and to the United States of Government. So, I just wanted to know, Jason, I mean, do you have any kind of good intention to resolve this matter? I'm sorry, do I have what? Do you have any kind of good intentions to resolve this matter? Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely want to get this resolved. I just, I'm, I'm just confused of what year this is from and what the mistake was. Okay. All right, uh, sure. I will provide you other information that if you're not aware. The very first thing here is we do have your records over here, and we found that you are paying your taxes for the each and every year. Okay, that is true. But actually, the taxes what you have paid, that is not done in full. There was some miscalculation in your W-2 column, and we found the difference of $2,999, which is still owed to the IRS and to the United States government, as I told you. Okay? Okay, what year was that from? It was between the years 2008 to 2012. Okay. I mean, that's odd because okay. I didn't get any W-2s this year. I own the business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, sir, due to some circumstances, right now there are the three serious allegations on your name. Yes, so due to some circumstances, right now, you know, due to this reason right now, as this is a very time-sensitive matter, 
Okay. Once this case will be downloaded to the courthouse, the very first thing we have to get the arrested from the location. And after that, your bank account will be seized, your credit report will be spoiled, and your driving license will be cancelled with your state ID. We have oh to take each and every legal action against you, sir. You can take away that driver's license? Yes, sir. We have to take each and every legal action against you if you will not cooperate with the IRS and if you will think that they fraud with the IRS right now. Oh, I don't want to be in any trouble with the United States government. Okay. So, a manual Jason, right now, I mean, as if you want to resolve this matter, sir, then the very first thing is you're responsible. If you owe some certain amount to the IRS, then you're responsible is to pay the money what you owe to the IRS, correct? Oh, I want to pay it, absolutely. I mean, but what, I just need to know what you're specifically with this from. Sir, as I already told you very clear, it is between 2008 and 2012. I know, and that's just the confusing part because I didn't have a Dutch shoe in those years. Sorry? I didn't know you, sir. I said that's the confusing part to me because I didn't have a Dutch shoe in those years. Uh, now, sir, as I already told you, as according to the federal unit taxes, okay, so we do have records over here, okay, and we found like there was some miscalculation, alright, in the federal taxes. And due to that reason only, we found this amount, okay, which is still owed to the IRS. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just so confusing that they didn't try to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't understand why they, they wait until the last minute. It's just Sorry, all hitting me. Sir. This is just all hitting me at once, but why are they, why did they wait so long to contact us? Okay, uh, see, sir, actually, we ordered to try to reach you before. Okay, but due to some circumstances, we didn't got this information to you. That's the reason why we're calling you right now, okay, before we download this case out of the courthouse. So, you know, in future, if you will download this case out of the courthouse, you should not say that the IRS has never given you a last chance. You understand? That's the reason why we're calling you right now. So, if you have a good intention, then, sir, we don't have to be rude with you. Okay, I'm right now, I'm just trying to be nice with you. I'm just trying to be polite with you. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be polite, too. It's just, you know, you got to understand it's confusing. Right. So, what do you want me to do right now, Jason? That's fine. I mean, please, so, we are not at all calling you to force you to make a payment. This is your decision. Okay. You can just let me know what you want me to do so we can work according to it, and you have to take a decision according to that. Sir. Oh, I mean, I, I want to make a payment. That's for sure. Okay. So, if you want to take care of this case file right now, what do you have to do? As the very first thing, IRS has closed your each and every option to execute your payments through checks. Others, we are not even allowed to take or provide any of your personal information, like your debit card or else your credit card information. Okay? So, if you want to resolve this matter, you have to make this payment right now directly to the one of the IRS collection agent through the money grant. So, do you know how does the money gram work? Do you know that? I don't know that. Okay. So, I will be guiding you through the whole procedure. We will go step by step. Alright? Now, okay. the very first thing, what you have to do, Jason, you have to go to your bank. You have to withdraw this funds with you. Once you get this money cash with you, after that, you have to go to the nearest location to do the money gram. So, you will find this money gram facility right at the Walmart or CVS pharmacy. Okay? So I hope you must be aware. I mean, where is the wall about the right? Yes. Okay. Very simple. Go to the Walmart. 
You had a problem, you wanted to do a money gram. Once you will do a money gram transaction, you will be getting arrested for your transaction, which will confirm that this has been taken care of. After that, once your payment will be reflected to the collection department of the IRS, the confirmation code will be generated. That information code I'll be providing to you. So the first thing you'll be having your wrist up, and the second thing you'll be having the confirmation code with you from my side. Okay? And after that, within 24 hours, you'll be receiving each and every documentation and paperwork to you at your mailing address. Okay. Okay? Right. So now, Jason, I just want to know, am I first of all talking to you on your cell phone number or this is your home phone? Oh, this is my cell phone. Yes. So, you know, till this issue is not resolved, you have to stay on phone with us so we complete the whole procedure. Okay? Okay. Okay. Good. So now, I just want to know, I mean, how much time it will take right now to step out of your house and to get in your car to go to your bank? Oh, I mean, well, Walmart's only like five minutes away from me, so I can probably just have to go get this money grant right now. Okay. But first of all, sir, what you have to do is, right now, Jason, first of all, you have to get ready, and you have to go to your bank to get this money cash with you. Okay. Hold on a second. I don't have any underwear on right now. Let me put on underwear. Sorry? I'm, I, I, before I walk out, I got to put on underwear. I don't have any underwear on. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I mean, you can dress up, you can you take a time, and you can just let me know once you're ready. Okay, so that I'll be just guiding you through the whole procedure. Okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. I got them on. All right, good. So, yeah, just step out of the house. And before that, make sure you have to have your ID with you. Okay. And can you just check your cell phone is in a charge right now? Is it in a charge? Uh, let's see. I have, I have 19%. Do you think that's enough? 10%, you say? No, 19. But, oh, but you know what? I have a charger in my car I can use. Okay, you have a car. Hold on, hold on, my, my wife, babe, this is the IRS, they're, they're trying, we're in big trouble here. They want $2,999 from us. Okay. Okay, you're you're right, sir, No, I'm sorry, I'm talking to my wife, she just walked in, she's very concerned. Okay. Okay, okay yeah, I'll be right back. Alright. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door right now. Okay, I'm getting in my car. Um, yes, Jason, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, good. One more thing I just want to let you know. Right now, sir, make sure about it. Right now, as you are not allowed to talk to any other sort of person. You can talk to anyone else? No, you are not allowed to talk to any other sort of person. If you need any help, if you have any questions, sir, you can ask me. As I am the senior officer, you are authorized to ask me the questions. All right. I, 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 listen, I have a really good idea. My neighbor's out there right now. He's a police officer. He can give me an escort to Walmart really quickly. I'm gonna, hey, hey, John. Hey, John, I have the IRS yeah. on the line right now. Yeah. The IRS. I'm sorry. I'm talking to my neighbor, John. He's a police officer. John. Okay, yeah, that's I have, good. I have, I have the IRS on the line right now. Can you give me an escort to Walmart so I can get there quicker? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, he said he's, he's from the IRS. And I just had to go give him a, a money gram. You have, you have to go to a bank, all right? You have to go to a bank. You don't have to go to a Walmart, sir. Well, my, the police officer said the IRS never calls people, that you guys want to communicate by mail. Oh, okay. Is it so? Are you sure? That's what the police officer just said. 
Can you provide his bank number, sir? Yep, 361. Oh, you know each and everything, sir? Uh, okay, uh, that was a good drama, sir. You know, if you think you're uh, over smart, then let me tell you, sir, I'm working with the, you know, with the federal government. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're working with the United States of government. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, more than six years. So the way you're talking to me, sir, obviously I immediately come to know that you're just trying to make a drama with the intervallist, sir. <laughs> and you don't have a good intention to resolve this matter, sir. So I hope hey. you have a blessed day. Just wait for one hour. And right now, immediately you'll come to know what is the address hey. today. Alright? Hey, hey, buddy. I'm a CPA. I'm calling on behalf of my client. We deal with you fools all the time. You there, buddy? Hello?